It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day. And for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry, with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about Syracuse football's return from hiatus and a huge recruiting win in New Jersey. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest today is former NFL and Syracuse defensive back, Dwayne Davis. Dwayne, how are you today? Thank you so much for coming on the program. Thanks for having me, and uh, it's always great to support uh, anything that has to do with Syracuse, and um, doing great today. Yeah, and Dwayne, we'll get you started on this one. You've had some incredible experiences after you graduated Syracuse, including playing the NFL with Dallas, Kansas City, and Detroit, followed by an extraordinary teaching career where you received your doctorate. Can you talk about your post-Syracuse career in more detail? Yeah, um, you know, I did have you know, a great opportunity to experience the NFL. Um, and, you know, that experience will always um, live with me as a great opportunity. I decided to leave the NFL in 2009 um, when I was with Detroit because there was this burning urge to um, give back to, to, to my community and communities that um, resemble the ones that I came from. Um, I left not knowing that I would, um, you know, have an opportunity within a week. So as I drove from, you know, uh, Detroit to um, New Jersey at the time, um, it was there was uncertainty. Uh, the economic downturn was that uh, happening at that time, and um, within a week, I was able to land a job at University Heights Charter School in North New Jersey, serving young people in grades K to five at the time. Um, I started teaching, and that's what, um, you know, in technology and in computer literacy while managing a network. I went to the high school at Syracuse, and so naturally there was a spit there. And um, the impact that I was able to have with those young people and the value that I got from it were um, great aspects that drew me to being in the education space. Um, grew with the organization and went to business school studying information systems and operations and growing with the organization to become an administrator on the business side and the operations side and, and support side and continue to move up the ranks by um, Bill helping to build out of the school to eighth grade and then decided to move um, into ninth grade to 12th grade to, to continue that experience and that impact um, as much as possible um, and decided to then go in and, and receive my doctorate in educational leadership and technology um, and now I am the uh, chief operating officer for the Newark Opportunity Youth Network, 
which manages a public charter school um, in Newark, which is the first alternative public charter school in the state of New Jersey. And so it's just continuing to serve in that capacity, um, which really drew me um, to the work and which continues to drive me um, in this space. You just mentioned your work in the Newark, New Jersey area with University Heights Charter School and now currently the Newark Opportunity Youth Network. What about Newark drew you to the area? Yeah, you know, it's about opportunity, right? You know, our coaches talked about practice and preparation, meeting an opportunity, and some people might call that luck. Um, that's where my opportunity, um, the opportunity um, uh, came about. And uh, there's a significant need in a city like Newark, similar to um, the you know Bronx and, and other socioeconomically disadvantaged neighborhoods. There's a significant need and there's an opportunity here for, for talent. And so um, uh, that drew me there and I decided to you know, plant some roots. And I've been there now for, uh, in Newark now for 11 years and growing with the city, growing with the schools. And so um, it was the, the rhyme or reason was simply an opportunity to, to have great impact. Dr. Davis, let's talk about your Syracuse playing career now. You had a great one. You started 35 consecutive games in orange at safety and cornerback. You left the school 10th all-time in career tackles by a defensive back. What was your favorite memory from playing at SU? I can't necessarily pinpoint just uh, one favorite memory. And, you know, I played in you know, a number of games, 40-plus games, and started in, you know, 35, like you said. Um, and the excitement of third downs on defense and hearing the keys jingle and uh, the dongs going off and the crowd going, you know, absolutely crazy and that, that vibration um, when standing on the 50-yard line that goes through your body, um, you feel like you can do anything at that moment. And then there's this moment of silence once the ball snaps. So I think those are the moments that I remember the most and I can describe in um, the most vividly um, you know, through, uh, through my experiences at Syracuse and playing. Um, there's no other environment like it. The dome, and I know that it's getting a new roof, so I hope that the sound is, is still amplified or even more amplified. But those are the experiences that I can look back at and never forget. Um, there's no one game or one moment, but more so um, those, those, those times when you're in a critical situation and the fans are there cheering you on and you know that the team is going to step up and and give it their best. You obviously know being a defensive back as well as anyone, Syracuse is switching to a 3-3-5 defense this year. What type of adjustments are the DBs going to need to make switching from a 4-2-5 to a 3-3-5? Well, you know, folks are going to, you know, fly around. You're going to have uh, um, more athletic bodies. Uh, uh, we call them reindeers uh, back there. You got you know, more defensive backs. Um, so you're going to have some versatility to, you know, uh, really move around. Um, I think you're going to, um, you're going to have to, your point of contact, your first line of defense, you're going to, you know, have less big bodies. Um, but I think that means that, you know, defenses or uh, the defensive backs are going to have to, in some ways, play more cohesively and, uh, to, to attack the ball and, and make sure that they're um, aware of the run. Um, because you're going to have less folks up front um, as the first line of defense um, with bigger bodies. And so I know that um, when we were on third downs, we would come out with what we call sometimes our nickel package and things like that. And when we thought that they would spread us out and they would uh, be less likely to run up the middle. Um, and so as a defensive back, you really would have to, you know, 
um, not only guard the, you know, the last line of defense, but also just make sure that you're ready to come up and attack that ball. So I think that mentality um, will need to be one that um, needs to be present uh, and if not, need to be adjusted for. And Dr. Davis, we'll get you out of here on this one. Over the weekend, Syracuse got a commitment from four-star defensive back Deuce Chestnut, the highest-ranked commit Syracuse has received in about a decade. As someone who succeeded so well at Syracuse at that same position, what advice do you have for him, and what advice do you have for the rest of the incoming freshmen? You know, you know, uh, yeah, that young man has a bright future. Um, obviously, a talented, elite athlete. Uh, it's about learning. Um, it's about um, realizing your potential. Um, it's about um, being a student of the game. Um, you know, coaches would say that if I, you know, if I take a step right and you step left, okay, well, that's all right to do it once. If I take a step right the second time and you step left, then maybe we have a problem. So it's not about you know making mistakes. It's about learning from those mistakes and correcting them and looking at those that. Um, where they're before you and the way they practice, the way they prepare, the way they play the game. Um, the great thing about Syracuse defense is that it's always been great um, year in and year out um, in terms of the, the athletes that um, are, are produced and um, attend the school. And I think that he'll be a part of that great tradition. And I think that it's just finding um, the opportunities to learn, improve his game and playing within within his his system and the system of Syracuse and just really having um, fun and being a part of that um, tradition and that brotherhood. And I think that um, with hard work and preparation and persistent hard work, he'll be more than successful. Dr. Davis, thank you so much for coming on the program. Again, former NFL and Syracuse defensive back Dwayne Davis, congratulations on all of your success in your teaching career. It's great to hear from you. We'll speak with you soon. Absolutely. I appreciate being on and have a you know great time. And um, thank you for doing this for the, you know, for the Syracuse community and go orange. So great to hear from Dwayne Davis, who's had such an impressive post-playing career. And I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online editor-in-chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, Syracuse football had its first press conference in quite some time on Thursday. Dino Bapers and two scholar athletes were on hand virtually to take questions from the media. What was your overall take from Dino's part? You're right, Wes. A first press conference since June for the Syracuse football program, coming on the same day that the team was beginning preseason practice in the late afternoon. And I think the word that stood out in the press conference was unknown. Dino Babers is scratching his head because he really doesn't know what kind of season is going to be shaping up with all that's going on with the pandemic, all that's going on with players voicing their thoughts on what they would like to see for college football student athletes. And the other unusual part of the press conference was 95% of what was discussed was non-football, only about 5% involved football. And pertaining to Dino Babers, who was joined by defensive back Andre Sisco and offensive lineman Aaron Service, Dino was talking about, as far as playing goes, what a young team he has this year. And with the pandemic and players potentially opting out as the weeks come, the weeks ahead of before the season does begin, and with injuries and other developments, it truly is the next man up situation for the roster because with all of these developments not known some games 
team may not know who will be in different positions, what schemes they could run. And you couple that with the fact that there's a new offensive coordinator, a new de- defensive coordinator, and it really is mumbo-jumbo as to how this 2020 season is going to end up. And I think that was the, the, the topic that really stood out with Coach Babers uh, because, again, only about 5% of the questions directed to him concern football, and 95% were related to everything off the field with the pandemic with players opting out, and with player demands that we've seen in various conferences around the country. Let's talk about the players now. Safety, Andre Sisco, offensive lineman Aaron Service were also at the press conference. What did you take away from their part? Starting with Andre Sisco, determined to play this season. Uh, He talked about working out in Atlanta over the summer. He talked about, interestingly, what a quiet summer was for him in quarantine. The players were only allowed to socialize with a pod of specific teammates, so it was very unusual for Andre Sisco in what he did with his free time away from working out and staying in condition. The other point he made that I thought also was, uh, yes, that's right, they have not been in pads since the Wake Forest game. So think how long ago that's been last November, the season finale. So Andre Sisco indicated He's all full steam ahead to come back his junior season, the All-America candidate. And it was very interesting in in describing what was going on away from the football field. In the case of Aaron Service, most of the questioning for him revolved around other teammates, discussions they've had in the locker room, discussions about the demands recently made by players in the Pac-12, players in the Big Ten, and discussions he's had with his teammates Will players opt out? Will players come back? It's certainly a very personal decision, and he talked about in-depth conversations he's had with his teammates as they look ahead to 2020 and see what the eventual roster for Syracuse football may look like. And Brad, we are right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. Well, also also coincidentally, Wes, the ACC unveiled the 2020 football schedule on Thursday morning. And if indeed there is a football season, I don't think it's a very good schedule for Syracuse in that I've never liked uh, schedules in which the first game of the season is a road game and the last game of the season is a road game, bookending the season with road games. And in the case of Syracuse, starting at North Carolina, a very tough opener. North Carolina improved team, even though uh, it was 6-6 and last season, perhaps has the second-best quarterback in Sam Howell in the ACC. And then a second game at Pittsburgh. Syracuse just never seems to beat Pittsburgh lately with only one win in the last five tries. Now, there then is a month of home uh, home games because there's three straight with an off week, Georgia Tech, Duke, and Liberty, more winnable games for Syracuse at home, then having to travel to Clemson just named the preseason top-ranked team in the USA Today poll. Then a couple winnable games against Wake Forest and Boston College at home, but the second off week follows that. Then a tough Friday night game at Louisville, and the Cardinals have certainly been a tough team for Syracuse to defeat in the last couple of years. One final home game against North Carolina State, maybe a toss-up type of game. And then the season finale, really tough at Notre Dame. So if indeed there is a full season, of which 
I've come away from today's press conference kind of feeling like there may be the start of the season, but I doubt there'll be a completion of the season. But in the make-believe world, if all 11 games were played, I think this shapes up as either a 5-6 and six or 6-5 six and five type season for Syracuse football. Brad, my closing thoughts are on Deuce Chestnut, who committed to Syracuse over the weekend. I touched on this during my conversation with Dwayne Davis, but Chestnut picked Syracuse over offers from Miami, Louisville, Michigan State, and Rutgers. The four-star recruit is ranked 325th overall in the class of 2021, Syracuse's highest commit in about a decade. He's the type of recruit that Syracuse was lacking in the 2020 class, but it's this kind of splashy recruit that's going to keep Syracuse's momentum going under the Dino Bapers era. Congratulations to the staff on a big recruiting win. That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is Wes Chang reminding you that my favorite thing of all time is exaggeration. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.